so strange but appealing. Welcome to the Bump Shop Diaries. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. What's up, everybody? It's Evo Jesus, and thanks again for coming along on the ride. I appreciate it. We got a great episode for you. Before we get into that, I want to hit you with a few updates. The Black Coffee Congregation Hardtail Blend Coffee is now officially available on BumpShopBackroom.com. I'm super stoked about it. If you, if me and you have been friends for a while, you know I like black coffee. Uh, and the funniest part is this whole black coffee congregation thing was never actually ever going to be physical coffee you could drink. It just started like, I think it was peak pandemic times. I was staying home and just firing hot cups of black coffee in my face in the morning. And I would get on my Instagram story. And say some dumb shit to hype myself up. Hopefully it hypes other people up to like get up, get after it, and go fucking take what's yours, you know? And that was kind of what it was. And I had a buddy of mine who did like all the album art back in the day. I was like, hey, this is what I'm thinking for a logo. Can you draw it up? And then I put it on a shirt because it was just some shit I wanted. Like, I like doing shit I like. Who doesn't? And... Well, hopefully you guys will like it too. If not, cool. I was doing it anyway, you know. Um, But, yeah, so it just was never going to be coffee. I had people like, oh, man, I can't wait to try the coffee. And I'm like, what coffee? And they're like, the Black Coffee Congregation. I'm like, that's not actually coffee. And they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, nothing I do actually makes any sense. So it makes perfect sense. But yeah, so you can get it in uh, ground or whole bean. It's on bumpshopbackroom.com. Cool thing about coffee is it all started with energetic goats. Who doesn't want to be like an energetic goat? This dude, Caldy, he uh, he had seen his goats acting all energetic back in the day, back in Ethiopia. And he was like, what is going on here? And they were eating these beans. And they were coffee beans. And then, you know, coffee trade and all that happened. And then they brought it into Europe, which Europe was like tea time with the queen, you know. And so people in Europe were like, this is the bitter invention of Satan. Do not drink that. Which, who doesn't want to drink the bitter invention of Satan? That's super fucking metal. But, uh, yeah. And then... The reason coffee became so big in America is a little thing you might um, remember called the Boston Tea Party. George was trying to reach in our pockets. We were like, George, we ain't holding anything for you. And so we dumped all of the tea into the harbor. And then America was like, fuck that tea. We ain't paying taxes. We're going to drink this black coffee right here. And that is how black coffee became so popular in uh, America. But uh, enough on that. Um, Like I said, you can go to bumpshopbackroom.com. You can find the coffee. If you don't like coffee and you want tea, I can't help you, but I can help you with some tea shirts. So go to the website. You'll find it all there. The episode you're about to hear is with a guy they call EJ Moonshot. He also calls himself EJ Moonshot because that is his name. I came across his product a while ago. And I just recently saw an ad, so I figured I'd reach out, see if he wanted to chop it up, and we get into a bunch of stuff on this episode. But what he does is he makes 
riding glasses. Glasses for you to ride your motorcycle with. Um, transitional lenses, so they go light to dark, dark to light, so you don't got to stop and pull out clears. Or, you know, the sun comes out, or I got to stop and I got to change my sunglasses. None of that. Um, you can find them at ejmoonshot.com. EJ Moonshot on Instagram, EJ Moonshot on Facebook. If you go to his Facebook right now, he's doing a giveaway every week until Christmas, which is insane. Um, All you got to do is go to his Facebook, drop a picture of your bike in the comments of the giveaway post, and every week he's picking a winner to get a free pair of shades. Uh, So that's super dope um, and super easy. doesn't take nothing to just... Here's my bike, and if he likes it, he picks the ones he likes, and you get a free pair of shades. Pretty sweet. Um, But yeah, ejmoonshot.com, or you can find him on Amazon as well uh, if you want to get yourself a pair. I like mine. So let's get into the episode. Join us, perhaps you. May want to listen to a Bump Shop story. New and vintage merch available at bumpshopbackroom.com. Shopbackroom.com. Looks like everything's recording, so anyway, <laughs> before that stumble, we were uh, talking about how you got into motorcycles. Yeah, so uh, I always just wanted to go fast. Grandfather was a fighter pilot. I looked up to him as a kid. He uh, flew in Korea, flew fighter jets, and he got shot down in Korea and picked up out of a rice paddy on recon. Oh, wow. Came back to be a test pilot for McDonnell Douglas, uh, youngest test pilot they'd ever, they had ever had. Um, I haven't checked that in a long time, but pretty badass uh, pilot. So I always just wanted to go fast, kind of ran into the family. Then um, I uh, moved up to Minnesota when I was 10 from Oklahoma and started skiing and snowboarding and all that stuff with, with kids up here. Really got into that. So snow melts, still need that fix. Yeah. And uh, 17 years old, I... Got a Yamaha crotch rocket, a YZF 600. So just, a, just a bad idea, man. So you did want to go fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, me and my buddies would race around, and we all had pretty quick cars. Like my first my first car was a 69 Mustang. Oh, wow. So bad decision. Yeah. Love it. Still around. But uh, we'd get out, we'd rip those things, and we'd uh, race them all over, and yeah, just swerving in and out of traffic, and it was just—it was amazing that nobody got hurt. <laughs> yeah, back at it I got as an adult. Yeah. Did you get uh, how many speeding tickets do you have <laughs> on that thing? <laughs> yeah, I never got one on that. Really, dude? At seventeen, um, if I'd have had a crotch rocket, I'd have been yeah, I'd have been a bad idea. Oh man, yeah, it was a bad idea. It was a fucking bad idea. <laughs> But uh, we'd get we'd get on the freeway going southbound past the ski hill. We'd have people up on top of the ski hill in the summer having a party, and it's like right by the freeway. So they'd be up there partying, and we'd do street races down the freeway right in front of it. Oh, wow. And then we'd go back up there and party. And, uh, other times we'd uh, get on there going southbound through rush hour traffic, just weaving in and out like assholes, little dumbasses. Yeah. And one day, uh, my buddy's ripping behind me in a 70 El Camino. And he's keeping up with me, weaving through traffic. And I'm coming up on these two semis, and they're staggered like this, just going right at the back of one, had to make that cut, right? I'm probably yeah. doing 120, 110 maybe. And I cut over just quick enough to miss this one and that one. 
almost ran out of road on the side of the freeway, got it upright. I'm looking down the embankment like, okay, get back here, pull off on the, uh, the exit, park it, get off. I'm like, I got to fucking sell this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, uh, I didn't have another one for a while after that. Uh, after high school, we went out to the mountains, uh, ripped out there, and it was it was a blast. Um, gosh, I didn't have another like full size bike till maybe 2014, I think. Okay. Yeah, I got a Victory Vegas. Loved it. Uh, Minnesota Company. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There's Polaris bikes now. It's Indian yeah. Polaris bikes, <laughs> but uh, they're reliable. They're solid. I like them. They're cheap. Didn't they? I've never been stuck on the side of the road with them. Did they quit making those? Like recently? Yeah. Like a couple of years ago, maybe? Uh, yeah, a few years ago. Like they did they stop and then bring it back, or did they just <laughs> stop? I forget. Uh, I think they just dropped it for the Indian. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what happened. Yeah, because the Harley, there was a Harley dealer by me who was a Polaris Victory dealer, and then a Harley really? dealer, and then now they're just doing Polaris stuff or something. Because huh. I stopped in there to get some oil, and they were like, "Yeah, we're we're just liquidating everything. We're not a Harley dealer anymore." I was like, "Okay, that's a weird. It's <laughs> a weird move." Yeah. It's uh that's in Bertrand. It's which is supposed to be like the busiest um overpass intersection on ramp in America, which I can't believe that it is because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. It was in the paper one day and I don't know what where that journalist <laughs> got their information. What was what was that claim to fame again? What was it? It's the like busiest. the the busiest uh on and off ramp, like busiest <laughs> overpass. There's like a shopping. There's like nothing there. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. There's a shopping like outlet mall near was Michigan, it? right? Yeah, there was a Harley dealership, and uh, there's like a a restaurant, Tony's, famous for uh, hmm. you get a BLT with like a pound and a half of bacon on it. So All I don't, right. I don't know if people right. are just you know <laughs> headed up there in droves for that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's wild. I wouldn't think that a uh, Harley dealership would switch to Polaris. I mean, I like the company. Uh, I like what they're doing with Indian. They've got some good machines. They're obviously doing some copycat shit. But. Yeah, yeah. We got a buddy <laughs> but, we ride with, Tyler, who's got a newer Indian. That thing's pretty sweet. They're cool, man. I like that Challenger a lot. I've got a, I've never, well, had a Harley hardtail twin cam for a short period of time. Oh, yeah? Like, two years ago. I uh, just kind of got it and flipped it, and <clears throat> the engine kind of was—I don't know—it was sketching me out. I was like, "I think I'm going to have problems with this thing." I'm, I'm yeah, probably. yeah, you probably were. They're notorious for those uh, cam bearings, yeah, like the early ones, the early twin cams. So I didn't want to get into that, but man, I got a thing for shovel heads for some reason. Yeah, can't explain it. They're they're, they're sweet. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I I went on a rant one day about like shovel heads, pan heads will infinitely always be cooler than an Evo or a twin cam or your brand new like Milwaukee 8. Like there's just some soul that is residual that's like just dripping off that bike. There really is, man. That you'll never, you're not going to get. And I don't know if in 30 years like uh, a Milwaukee 8 would have that. 
I kind of feel like they won't for some no. reason. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just some soul from the seventies, sixties era. Yeah. Just it's rock and roll, man. It's yeah. Best time. I know. Uh, a lot of us were born too late. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, right. I see something with fuel injection. I'm like, that's not for me. And then <laughs> I just have fucking all kinds of headaches and shit. <laughs> like right. going down South when we were in the mountains, my shit was just choking all over. I was like, whatever. I still love it. I got a <laughs> uh, 98 uh, Fat Boy. That's what I had down there. And then I got a uh, Sporty, 94 Sporty that I hardtailed and did the chopper thing with. And nice. Yeah, that thing's been pretty sweet. But um, took the Fat Boy to Minnesota a couple of years ago just to see really? what, just to see what was going on there. Called Which my what? nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I called my dad. He was up at the cabin. We got a place in the UP, and uh, he's got a bike. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, nothing. I was like, I'm on my way up there. Pack your shit. We're going to go for a ride. Got up there. I'm like, we're going to Minnesota. He's like, for what? I was like, I've never been. I want to see what these people are doing. <laughs> so, uh, not much. So we just Drive. rode in, rode in there. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, my biggest gripe there is you guys don't sell booze on Sundays. That changed a couple years ago. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I went to go get beer, and uh, they were like, it's Sunday. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Can yeah. I get some beer? <laughs> You're probably still pretty close to Wisconsin. You can shoot over there all the time. But that's a good route, too, actually. You follow the river up between uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. That's a fun ride. Yeah, yeah, over the bridge and in through a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I got some pictures of being in that tunnel. It was cool. We went up towards, um, is it Eli or Ellie? Eli. Eli, yeah. We went up to Eli, and uh, on the way up there, some dude asked us where we were going. We were like, oh, we're headed this way because that's where the road goes. And he's like, there's nothing up there but a bunch of hipsters, <laughs> guys wearing flannel. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was wearing flannel, and I was like, oh, I'll fit right in. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we just rode yes. around. It was a nice ride, though. It is. There's some, there's some good routes, for sure. There's There's some gyms around Minnesota, but, you know, this flatland gets a little dull. <laughs> uh, I miss the mountains. You ain't got to tell me, dude. I'm in Michigan. You go down yeah. south and ride, or like even where we're at in Minnesota, some parts of the UP, and then you come, like you don't even want to ride. It's just straight lines. Everything's a square yeah. around here. It's all ag, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no hills. There's like, I can take you to where a couple hills are, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I hear you. A couple decent roads that follow the rivers, but I mean, even those are like not comparable to anything you find in other states mm-hmm. so have you ridden like that tale of the dragon and all that i stuff? haven't been to the tale of the dragon we did the devil's triangle and some other like ride uh aces and eights yeah devil's triangle was sweet okay. though it's like four or five times as long as the tale of the dragon it's got way more curves, and it's a triangle, so you can ride it and then turn around and like ride it the other way. Oh, right on. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty sweet. That was probably the most fun. Like, I, I told people, like, the amount of fun we had on motorcycles doing that should have been illegal. No, where is that? What's, That's in uh, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. And then that Aces and Eights, I think, part of it was in Kentucky, and then back down in Tennessee. And that was, yeah. oh, man, that must have been like four years ago or five. They were having a, there was a hurricane happening in Florida. So it was like storming in Tennessee. 
And we we went on this like ride up this mountain and the whole time we were running away from the rain and we didn't realize we were going to go up this mountain and come down like the other side directly into all this rain. <laughs> so it's like, oh, shit. yeah, what are you going to do? The fastest way yeah. to not get wet is to ride through it. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's pretty sweet. But yeah, Tennessee's a lot of fun to ride in. Did you do that on a hardtail? No, I did that on the fat boy. <clears throat> yeah i took the hardtail up over the bridge this last summer um on this thing we call the creep out just a group of us who get together for a weekend with no chicks ride motorcycles spit and drink you know yeah so that's pretty fun um the way i got mine set up it's super comfortable like i could ride it you know 65 miles to the next gas station no problem <laughs> that ain't bad. That ain't bad. Uh, I think I think I tapped out like just over seventy when I ran out of gas. Okay. So, which is about the perfect Wait, length of time to get up and stretch your legs and get gas and then get back on. Which, <coughs> no, that's the one with the uh, like the diamond tank. Not a coffin tank, is it? Yeah, it's uh, co- check it's, it out. Yeah, on my page. Is yeah, it a coffin tank? Yeah, coffin okay. tank. Actually, it's uh, to Gary Littlejohn. And his coffin tank actually was different looking. It's called like a Tiawanga or something. But pretty much a coffin tank. Right on. Yeah, I wouldn't have pulled that out. Um, I just seen yeah, the so ad the go, other day. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it can go about 70 mile range? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, I need to move the gas cap forward so I can get a little bit more use out of the tank. Gotcha. Been thinking about repainting it again for the third time, just because I've never been satisfied with it. So. Right, that's fun, man. This see, I did. I put a lot of work into uh, my gas tank. Yeah, and, uh, I looked at that. So I, I did that right, and then it kind of keeps me from getting squirrely out there. Like I, I want to fuck around and like right. rip the thing, but also. I don't want to lay that thing down. I put a lot of hours into that gas tank. I can imagine. I was wondering how that, like, it's all, try to explain it for people who, well, I mean, they can go to your Instagram and see it, but it's like checkered kind of yeah, Indian style. It's oh, it's right there. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, it's like Cherokee beadwork. Yeah, that's the best way to explain it. So I, like, panned it out like a grid. I was actually surprised I could get it kind of symmetrical on both sides, but. Dude, yeah, after I got great. it done, I was like, man, I don't want to fuck that thing up. So yeah. I might have to <laughs> retire that bike get something I can <laughs> drop. Hang the tank on the wall. <laughs> yeah, something. I've been looking for extras. So when you painted that, um, I mean, what was the process? Did you just tape it off and then like do a color and pull some tape off? Or Oh, man, that was fucking, that was a, such a process. If I had known how big of a pain in the ass that was going to be, I never would have done it. But uh, when I bought the bike, it had a... It had an extra tank with it that was banged up because it had been down. So uh, I stripped that down, and then uh, I just started pounding on it, the hammer on both sides, until it got kind of that peanut concave to it yeah. on both sides. And uh, used a little bit of filler and then taped it off and primed it so I had white canvas on both sides. And then yeah, I took tape and painted a grid onto it and then uh kind of plotted out where each color would go and then i started painting it 
and the paintbrush I was using was even too big. Like this tiny little paintbrush was too big. <laughs> so what I ended up having to do was take a toothpick, like a drop of paint, put it in the square, and then just spread it to the four corners. Oh, wow. And then on the next one. So that whole thing was done by a toothpick. Oh, wow. Uh, toothpicks. I mean, I didn't use the same one, but it was tedious, man. <laughs> Damn. That sounds tedious. Yeah, so I never would have done that if I hadn't known that that's the process that was going to have to happen to get it done. Oh, yeah. yeah but it it's cool, great. man. Yeah, I like it. Something comes together. It's fun. Yeah. That's and, sweet. Uh, like the tins, I start hitting those with a with a wire brush to take the paint off. It was like black with the flames, you know. So Stand I get into cool. it. Yep. <laughs> And uh, I found out there's a there's a layer of paint for every paint color in the flames. Oh wow! So I get like two thirds of the paint off, and it looks kind of wild. I'm like, hmm, I think I'm done here. Yeah, let's <laughs> just put some clear coat on it, call it good. Oh, so you did clear it like that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I seen uh, you posted a video. Like, you ever sit and look at your bike and realize there's so much shit to do, so you got to quit looking at it? Yeah, there's so much <laughs> I'd love to do this thing, but it's like. I try not to take on too many projects at a time. Uh, there's a ton of stuff I'd love to do and learn, and um, like I would love to get into fabrication. And there's a bike build that I have that I'd love to make, but uh, I can't prioritize it right. yet. <laughs> right. I'm trying to get this other the ball rolling on this other thing, and then uh, once I do that, <clears throat> I'm a wannabe surfer. Once I've accomplish that career goal then uh, i'm gonna go learn how to surf is my reward for that and then uh take on the other projects like that bike build is there surfing in minnesota fuck no there's not sir there's a uh, we got the something near the mall of america where you can go on one of those fake ways oh yeah <laughs> but uh no i've never done it man I've, i haven't been to the ocean much but it's always something i've wanted to do yeah it looks like a blast it does look fun <laughs> looks like, I'll probably get my shit tossed and eat some coral, but that's all right. Yeah, maybe get in a fight with some locals who are, you're like, you know, you're stepping on their gnar or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking probably would, yeah. Dude, yeah. You got to learn the language before you can even ride a wave. Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm screwed, dude. I'm socially inept. <laughs> fucking awkward. Yeah, that's the I was thing. I trying to get the camera set up. You ever watch Letterkenny? Yeah. Of course, you got to, right? Yeah. I'm sitting on my camera. I'm like, man, why are you so fucking awkward, buddy? <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah, that's a great show, man. It's kind of like a Canadian Seinfeld, I feel like. Oh, man, it's... Because it's just banter. It's not like it action is. in the show. It's just, I mean... No. And some of my... Oh, they, got, they got some good fight scenes in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, there but, are yeah, that. It's, a, it's all banter. It's funny as hell. Yeah. Like, most of my favorite shows could take place in a single setting. And it's just like the writing that I enjoy, yep. you know. Yeah, but, like some yeah, of those the, guys are funny. Uh, like Twilight Zones and shit. If you ever watch those old Twilight Zones, like mm-hmm. it'll be two characters in one room for an hour, and call, and you're glued they, to it. You're like, "Whoa, yeah. where's this going?" I think they call it a capsule episode. There's, there's some term for that. There's that probably there's probably a word for it. I think I learned that from Family Guy. They were stuck in a <laughs> bank vault or something. Stewie and and Ryan, Brian. Oh, yeah. Man, I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like I fell off on my TV, man. I had a kid, and now it's like 
Different life. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I uh, I have four. <laughs> so. How do you have time to do this right now? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, the wife's taking care of it. <laughs> so That's amazing. I just got to plan ahead, you know. So days for, ago when we talked about doing real. it Tuesday, I was yep. like, hey, Tuesday from this time to this time, roughly, you know, I'm going to be doing this. She's like, all right, got it. And by the way, March something like, no, don't tell me what you're doing. Just wait until the <laughs> day before and let me know because I'm not, I'm not going to remember. That's uh, awesome, man. Yeah. Juggling four kids. That's great. Dude, it's tough. They're all over the place too. So Yeah. Yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I encourage everybody to do it. Good. Hey, good. Yeah, it's wonderful, man. Eventually wouldn't, it'll be fun. Wouldn't trade it for the world. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, it's sweet. So I want to talk about these glasses, dude. You sent them to me. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to like fully test them because it's winter in Michigan. Sure. But yep. we had a warm day and I ripped yeah. the mini bike, which does like about 35, 40. And uh, dude, they're great. You like them? That's cool, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. They're comfortable. I like the style too. They're like that standard, cool style. I'm like a nerd when it comes to shit. So like I will always try to find the best glasses. Yeah. Like I tried to chat, track down like the glasses uh Peter Fonda was wearing in Easy Rider. I'm like, what are oh, those shit. glasses? Like I wanna know yeah. what make they were, what model. Like I wanna find them. I wanna see if they're any good. You know what I mean? I'll do dumb yeah. shit like that. So I'm always on like the hunt for like the greatest thing. Um like uh who's that dude? He does the podcast The Grail. I'm blanking on his name, he's a comedian. But like he does the same thing where he talks to these people who like make like the best fucking jeans or like the greatest fucking belts or whatever you know guitars and i hit him up because he rides motorcycles and i'm like what glasses did you use and he was like i always wore a full face helmet and i was like all right that's not gonna work for me <laughs> you know it's a, it's a it's a good way to go i'm not <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't tell anybody not to it, you know it's smart <laughs> but uh we don't have helmet laws here, so just situationally, it depends, you know. If it's cold and I got to rip a highway for an hour, like, I'm going to wear a helmet. Sure, yeah. But if it's summer and whatever, I'm just cruising around, I don't have to have a helmet on. No, I hear you. I, mean, that's, uh, I got a lot of shit because I, I put an ad out on social media that I wasn't wearing a helmet. I just had the glasses on. People are like, so you don't condone wearing helmets? It's like... It's kind of how it got the name. So like, I don't fucking condone riding motorcycles. Do your own thing, man. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know. They're not for everybody. That's for sure. Uh, I, I wanted a pair of uh, classic style photochroma glasses. Yeah. Couldn't find them. As far as I knew, nobody made them. I've been working on bringing other ideas to life. Uh, gotten really close to getting one sealed. I had a contract hammered out and everything. It all fell apart the last minute. And I was like, fuck. I'm gonna I'm gonna make something myself. Started with the glasses. Um, They're pretty good until they weren't, and I had a batch that were like substandard quality. So I scrapped the whole operation, started from scratch. Now these things are like best materials I could find, best photochromic pigment, photochromic pigment I could find. Um, They exceed ANSI Z871 impact standards. Yeah. Uh, and they're fucking cheap. I mean, thirty-six bucks for a pair. Keep keep stuff out of your eyes. They're, they're exactly what I wanted them to do. Um, they don't get as dark as regular sunglasses. Covered right. that. 
and uh, they don't block wind well enough for everybody. We talked about that too, but I mean, I kept making them because there are people that really love them. So for everybody that I get, I mean, like they don't tent. They show me a picture of them, the dash of their car, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw that yeah. in the video. Yeah, there are a bunch of other people that are, they just really love them, and uh, that's why I've kept making them. Uh, if that's what you want, this is, this is the best option for sure. So, like, how do you get into like uh, I'm making sunglasses now? Like, <clears throat> what did you like? What were you doing before? Like, did you have a background <clears throat> in like I don't know engineering or like how, uh, <laughs> you just start that? My background has been I've just always been kind of an idea guy. Right. And I've always had, like, I have a laundry list of shit that I want to make and bring to market. Um, it's just got to the point where it's like, I got to make one of these things. And that's the one that I started with, man. I uh, had a motorcycle. I couldn't find the glasses I wanted. That contract fell through. I ended up selling the motorcycle, using that money to get the first round of inventory off the ground. And, and uh, just kind of built on it from there. And yeah, that's about it, man. Before that, cool. I was I was bartending, trying to figure out how the fuck I was going to go about the civil network thing. Yeah, and bringing other ideas to life was a big part of that because it seemed like uh, too big of a thing to start with. Right. Sure. Before I've made a name for myself, before I've been able to buy my own time to where I can do what I want to. Right. Yeah. So I probably seen like the ad for the glasses last year, maybe. So, like, that ad is targeting the right people, <laughs> for sure. That's good. And uh, and then I just seen it again, and that's when I was like, dude, I, I need to talk to this guy. Right. <laughs> like, I want to I figure out, like, <laughs> what's this guy got going on, you know? Like, how, how do you come up with this? Because they look great, and, like, I uh, appreciate you sending me some. I was going to get some regardless for this season. Yeah, no problem. And uh, so I'm excited to use them, but... Uh, what what year did you start doing this? Has this been going on for a while? Uh, 2017. Okay, so it's been a few years. And then, yeah. So when did you have the idea for like the civil network? 2004. Oh really? So you've been yeah. like festering on that for a minute. Long time, man. When I came up with it, it was, I put together a business plan and everything. I started pitching it to uh, some uh, affluent people that I had connections with through skiing and. Um, yeah, even then it was like, man, this is fucking obvious. Like we're obviously we have this amazing new technology. We're going to use it to have a platform for regular people to help us solve problems and like refine the systems we depend on. Right. It's like, somebody's going to do this. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that in the video and and then that, I was like, yeah, why didn't anybody do this? So like 2004, that was like, my space was just dying. Yeah, and like Facebook was Facebook. just coming in, like you know, the cool chicks had Facebook, and they were like, "Get on Facebook." I'm like, "I got this MySpace." Like, what are you talking right. about? <laughs> MySpace was back on MySpace was the jam, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, good one. Everything's going back to MySpace anyway, and like AIM, like Instagram added that like note feature, which is just basically your AIM away message, right? Is it? I don't know, man. Yeah. See the the irony of all of this is. 
I don't like computers. <laughs> they fucking drive me nuts, man. My neighbors have to think I'm crazy because I work in my garage. Right. I can, like put a heater in my garage, my desk out here. I do my stuff out here. But sometimes, like like I said, when your card went funky, why is it doing this? Most of the time, I'll get on the computer. Like I got a minute, got one simple thing I need to get done that I've done a hundred times. It's like we don't want to do that today, guy. Yeah. So now I'm in here like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the neighbors are probably like, "What is he doing in there?" <laughs> I I do that when I'm uh, like I ship a lot of stuff out of my basement. And it'll be like that time where I'm like, oh, it's midnight. I got to work in the morning. I should go to bed. Let me print this real quick so I can drop it off in the morning. And then the printer don't want to work. Yep. And then I'll like pull the power to it and that didn't work. And now I'm downloading drivers and it's 1.30 and I got it done. And I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. Of course, like, like the moment I needed it, it didn't work. Yeah. You've done it a thousand times before and it's like, yeah. Psh, yeah. not today, it takes sir. two seconds. It's a thermal printer. Yep. <laughs> and it just decides yeah, yeah. not to work. Yeah, I got the same thing the other day. Mine's like, you know what? I want to print these labels three times each. Oh, Let's God. rip through all your labels. Yeah. Let's just do that. <laughs> so are you are you sending stuff? Like, are you packing everything up yourself then for the glasses and stuff? No, not everything. Okay. Uh, I started pushing the direct website a little bit more, but um, my bread and butter is fucking Facebook and Amazon. Yeah. Um, I started it out like I made them. I got them here, and I was like, "Shit, I gotta figure out how to sell these things now." Right. So I got on social media. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> started learning Facebook and um, Amazon, and you know, Amazon is a beast. It's they can be tough to deal with sometimes, but yeah, uh, it's it's been helpful. I don't think I would have been able to get to where I'm at right now had it not been for. Yeah, they for that whole Facebook Amazon ecosystem. I think Amazon just makes it I don't want to say easy, but it makes it easy for the customer. You know, they can yeah. re- they can read the reviews, they're like buying it from Amazon, so, you know, if it's not what they wanted it to be or whatever, you know, the refund's pretty easy, so it like yep. gives trust to the customer. For sure. Rather than like going to your website which like I just started a website this year, an LLC and all that, and it's like getting eyeballs on it is not easy. And then even if they do look at it, it's like, what's the chances they're gonna go through with buying something, you know? So Yeah, for real. That's where the Instagram and all that comes into play to like humanize like I'm a real person and here's the thing, <laughs> you know? Yep. Like you can buy it and you will get it. Yeah, it's also hard, like people are so jaded dealing with with uh shady businesses online that I feel like a lot of times people get really angry and take take really aggressive approaches to me if they don't happen to like what they get. <laughs> right, right. It's like, hey, hang on, hang on. Just yeah. talk to me. We can work this out. It's cool. I'm a real person. I'm not. Right, right. Like a front for some Chinese dropshipping thing. Yeah. No, I noticed that, though. Like, you get a ton of uh, engagement on the Facebook, for sure. Like, a lot of comments. A lot of people supporting it. Um, that's probably mostly because of that ad. You also got that contest going on, right? Is that till this coming Christmas? Yeah, I'm just gonna do that giveaway every Monday until Christmas. That's insane. Get some cool bikes. <laughs> give them some glasses. And, yeah, you know, that's cool. I like giving shit away. It's goodwill. It's fun. Fun way to get my name out there. And yeah, some of the bikes that show up on that poster. Sick. Dude. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was looking through it. I was like, wow. And then some dude was like, I didn't win. I didn't know. 
I wasn't going to win. I'll post a better picture next time. And you're like, yeah, do it. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. dude. Like, Go for it. <laughs> what are you waiting for? We're just having fun here. <laughs> so if people want to uh, get a chance to get those free shades, how do they do it? Was the yeah, just way. go on, go on to the Facebook page, find that contest post. It'll probably pop up in your feed now that if you've been made aware of this. You're hearing it, and it's in yeah. the ether, so yeah. it's just going to show up in your feed. <laughs> it is. Too. Post a picture of your bike. And yeah, and then we uh, pick out a few of them every week. And watch for the winning announcement and hit me up. I'll send them to you. And that's just uh, EJ Moonshot on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, man. So yeah, so you did all that, and you got some other ideas in the works, and it's all for this civil network. You want to get into the, what the civil network is? <laughs> uh, I mean, we can. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy story. It's a lot different story. Well, it's not a lot different than than that video, but it it, it played out a lot differently in my real life than it's portrayed in that video. Um, so, like I said, I was born in. Oklahoma, right? I grew up in the same house my dad did on Route 66. Yeah. Miami, he's the basketball star. Went off to college, played for Madison. Got drafted for the Pistons, got cut from the Pistons, oh, wow. came back, started working for a, a trucking company. Um, family was all close there. Uh, grandfather was a fighter pilot. My great-grandfather lived in Miami there. He was a full-blooded Cherokee, World War II veteran in the Navy. Spent a lot of time with him. And then uh, my dad's parents... Also had a farm in Miami. Spent a lot of time out on the farm. Um, pretty all-American little town there, just right on Route 66. It was pretty cool. Like, looking back at that time, I was like, damn. It's it like Norman Rockwell, I think. It was right. Real all-American stuff. But uh, he ended up getting transferred up north. Got transferred to Chicago first, then to Minnesota. We followed him up here. So I knew I'd, I'd had Native American heritage and uh, – knew it was Cherokee at least because of uh, my great grandfather. And then, uh, after I'd moved up here, uh, about a year afterwards, I was sitting in my sixth grade class and looking at my leg, like this mark had appeared on my leg and I, I can take a green fine tip magic marker and I trace around it. It was a shape of a turtle. Yeah. And I'm like, cool turtle, right? Bear would have been cool. Wolf or something. Yeah. But I got right. a turtle. I didn't think about it a whole lot for a while. And a few years went by, and uh, then I think it was a fall of 99. I was 14 years old, just in ninth grade. Um, and the Miami tribe had started, like, cultural restoration efforts. So my mom started getting letters from them, and we got enrolled in the tribe and everything. And I go upstairs one day after school to get a snack or something. I'm walking into the kitchen and I see one of these letters sitting open on the counter. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Looking at it like, that's a, that's the same. It's the same turtle. It was on the shield. It was on my leg. It's like, what the fuck is this? Oh, so, so around the same time, I hear this guy named chief little turtle. And I'm like, chief little turtle. That's adorable. Chief Little Turtle. Right. It doesn't sound like the name that would like strike fear into the heart of an enemy. But uh, I was a kid, right? I was 14 years old. It was like, just found out that I was marked with the totem of this chief, like real or not. I don't know. I had no idea who this guy was. Didn't right. know really much about my Miami tribe heritage. And uh, 
I just started playing this game. Like, what if it's a sign that I'm meant to carry on the work of this chief little turtle? And he was like maybe some great war chief that quit fighting to be an advocate of peace. And it's up to me to carry it on. So I knew this was all <laughs> right. bullshit. I was just playing. It's yeah. like, hey, what? why not? Why not? So it kind of stuck with me, right? And I just had this mentality like, hmm, what would I do? Like, that were really the case. Like, what would I actually do? Hmm, don't know. Years went on, went through high school, never really found anything about this guy. He, he definitely wasn't taught, like, in my history class. Right. Wasn't yeah. in any of the books I could find. I'd look in the library. Wasn't a whole lot of information online uh, way back then. So I wasn't seeing anything about this guy. So I'd kind of been like, all right. If he even existed, he's probably like a footnote in history or a small part of our family story or something. I don't know. Yeah. But the game continued. And after high school, I was like, I don't know, kind of wanted to fly jets. But I, I for a couple of reasons, I didn't go into the Air Force. Um, I decided to forego business school and uh, just bailed out to the Rockies with my buddies. Had a blast in the mountains. And I come back here, like, I, that was all I was going to do. I was just going to, I was going to be a skier. I was going to figure out some way to get somebody to pay for my helicopters yeah. and, and shoot me up into the mountains. But uh, after that first season, I'm back in Minnesota, what was supposed to be my last summer here, and I'm helping a buddy uh, design some clothes for a ski, uh, like a ski apparel company out of Canada. And... I'm working on this, and that's when I got the idea for the civil network through like a, a nonprofit merchandising model to just put all these problems on one page. And I put together this, like an embarrassing business proposal. Like, no, I'm still a kid, but the idea was there. Anyways, obviously, that nobody picked that up. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, whatever. We're going back to the mountains. It's going to start snowing. Go back to the mountains and, uh, just get wrecked all season. I have a rough season. I had a lot of fun, but like I barreled into a fence and broke my skis. I broke my snowboard. I broke my shoulder Christmas morning, like snowboarding to work to put ski boots on tourists all day. Oh, man. <laughs> Which sucked, man. I had a broken shoulder trying to put ski boots on people. It's ridiculous. But uh, eventually I blow my knee out and it's like, all right, well, that was a rough season. Yeah. And I'm coming back to Minnesota. Uh, to get fixed up, one of my buddies picked me up from my parents' house, and I went my ass into his truck and we hang out for the night. And he's like, "Man, I uh, I'm so stoked! I'm about to finish up my college program, and uh, I'm gonna join you guys out in Beaver Creek next season." It's like, "Oh, that's that's awesome, man!" But I don't think I'm going back. I've got this idea. I've got to pursue it. And it kind of took the wind out of his sails, which is weird. And a few days later, uh, he actually ended up committing suicide. Oh, well, that's no good. Which, like, was devastating yeah. to everybody. Everybody loved this guy. It's, I don't know if you've ever been touched by that stuff, but it seems like it's always the sweetest people. Yeah. Uh, so we were all just torn up at that. And um, eventually, I get surgery and I start walking again. Now, he was, like, one of the funniest people I've ever known. And I'm sure that he would think what happened next is hilarious. So I, I'm torn up. I'm, I'm just getting back on my feet. And I'm, I'm sitting at this park on a bench. I'm like, man, all I want to do is go back to the mountains. 
but how do, how do I do that after I just told him that I was going to pursue this idea, right? And uh, that's when I got another idea. I was like, I'm going to ask the universe for a sign. Okay. Nothing's going to happen. Right. And then I'll be able to go back to the mountains with a clear conscience. Like a clear conscience. And uh, yeah, that fucking backfired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What happened? So three days later, I'm talking to this girl on AOL Instant Messenger that I went to high school with. This, this girl that I like. And uh, I'm telling her this story of this turtle game this chief little turtle guy in this imaginary quest that i made for myself classic pickup line stupid <laughs> <laughs> and then i decided for like the umpteenth time to type it into the search bar chief little turtle that time there were results oh wow and it was like not only was he who i had been pretending he was that whole time he was like the biggest one of those guys to ever exist he inflicted the single worst defeat the american military ever took at the hands of natives mm-hmm. in the westward expansion the indian wars it was actually called little turtles war and then he quit fighting to be an advocate of peace between the two sides was honored by george washington john adams and other founding fathers and then spent the rest of his career like traveling the country promoting peace oh wow holy shit okay well played universe uh guess i'll do it um guess i have to yeah my cop-out clearly didn't work. You got some big moccasins <laughs> to fill, dude. That was, ridic- that was like a <laughs> ridiculous sequence of events. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll try it for a couple of years. Somebody's going to beat me to it, then I'll just get back to the mountains. So I spun my wheels in Minnesota. Uh, but we turned 21 in that, that time frame. We were just causing trouble, man. There was no good coming from it. And then... Uh, one day I was like, we uh, we had a powder day up at the Lutzen Mountain in northern Minnesota, and it was amazing. Uh, had a film, a buddy had a film premiere, and then Brother Ali, I don't know if you ever heard of that guy, like a Rhyme Sayers rap label out of Minnesota, yeah. Atmosphere. And, atmosphere, yeah. yeah. So Brother Ali had a concert up there, and there was a film premiere, but there was a blizzard. So it was like 40 people, Brother Ali, and a film premiere, and then the mountain to ourselves the next day. So we just had this like epic time with this huge powder day. We're like, we need more of that. So we all go back to our hometown, quit our jobs, head back out to Colorado, end up in Tahoe and had just an amazing season out in Tahoe. And I was like, okay, this is it. I, I'm just going to stay here, but I still couldn't shake this, this turtle problem thing. Right. It's like, all right. So I contacted Miami University of Ohio, which is named after the Miami tribe. And uh, the direct descendant of Chief Little Turtle was running the cultural restoration effort at Miami University. And I told him what I was up to, and I was able to get a scholarship to go to Miami University to meet uh, Daryl Baldwin, who was running this program, and kind of tell him what I was dealing with. And... uh, get his blessing and learn from him a little bit. Right. So I left Tahoe, which I still miss it, man. I don't know. You ever get a chance to go to Lake Tahoe? It's a, it's amazing. I've never the, been, I've been in a Tahoe, but I don't think that's the same. Not the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's gorgeous. It's just can't describe it. Um, so I'm at Miami university of Ohio. I learned from him, get a blessing, get, get, uh, 
his blessing to do what I have to do and learn about the tribe and everything, then uh, I leave there. <clears throat> actually, <laughs> I'd actually tried to talk to the chief about it right after it happened, too. So I go down to Miami, Oklahoma, and I'm <laughs> it's like, I want to talk to the chief. And they're like, okay, who's here to see it? It's Eric Johnson. They're like, okay, come on back. <laughs> Eric Johnson was also the name of their lawyer. Oh. So, <laughs> what? My punk ass walked in in ripped jeans and a t-shirt at yeah. like 20 years old. I'm like, who's this guy? And I tell him the story and show him the mark on my leg. It's like, I don't know, he's in the 70s, his older chief. He's like, that's scary. And that's really all he had to say about it. So no insight there. Um, that's so that's crazy. pretty much why I ended up at the Miami University of Ohio to meet with Daryl Baldwin and uh, learn about the tribe there. And uh, I did. And that was an interesting year. I left the school with his blessing to do what I had to do. It was cool that uh, actually historically the tribe has always used humor to teach, which is why I feel pretty comfortable uh, making fun of the whole thing. Yeah. But um, I, I left there in 2009 and still nobody done this. And you're starting to see uh, like civic engagement platforms like iCitizen and Brigade would pop up. And I was like, all right, that, 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 that'll probably be it. No, they kind of fizzled out. And then shit just kept getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, things just really went in the opposite direction of the whole, uh, you know, civil network platform thing. Right. And it just turned into a mess. And that whole time between me getting back to Minnesota, I was like, okay, I'm back in Minnesota. I'm not leaving until I do this. Um, started bartending. Also not helpful. It has a ridiculous profession, but it was lucrative. Yeah. It allowed me the time to uh, to to focus on this. Um, developed other ideas. I was able to get one idea into Oakley, uh, the advanced product development section of Oakley in San Diego. Oh wow! And talked to them for like six months, and then they're like, "Nah, we're good. We don't like this one." All right. So I took it to another firm in Oklahoma, and they're like, that's too big. We need a product at a lower price point. So I developed a product at a lower price point for them. They're like, yeah, they passed on it. So I took it to another firm in Salt Lake City and ended up in like a six-month negotiation with that guy. I got a contract hammered out, and then it all fell apart at the last minute. And I was like, shit, I'm going to make yeah. motorcycle glasses, I guess, so I can at least get get the ball rolling on this so. I uh, got the first shipment of glasses, and they said money from this product will go towards uh, the civil network, whatever the fuck that is. So right on the inside. Oh, really? The first, the first several thousand pairs. Yeah, uh, I've just been growing it. I kind of tested the water in 2018 with the idea to the audience that I was selling the glasses to, and uh, still wasn't able to articulate it well enough. Right. So I just kept kind of uh, building the brand and the business, and, uh, and then then I had a family growing, and then uh, so I had the first kid on the way. My first son was on the way, and when I was thirteen, I was like watching Austin Powers. I was like, my son's middle name is going to be Danger. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So I was going to follow through with that. So my son's middle name is Danger. Right. That's sweet. And. Um, his uh, his grandmother <laughs> was like, you do not do, she's from Japan. 
don't do that. It's bad luck. What's the worst that's going to happen, right? So we had our kid. And then, you know, uh, the the world kind of shut down right after that. Oh, so, God. So. <laughs> oh, no. You caused so, COVID, yeah. dude. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was born in uh, the middle of February. And I started getting these weird messages from my manufacturer that, like, factory's been shut down and stuff. And then things uh, got censored. Like, I wasn't able to talk to this person. Oh, I was wow. like, this is weird. I'm just creeping around the globe. We have this newborn kid. It's like, oh, man, this shit's getting weird, right? Change his name. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, canceled. Uh, well, I, I actually shut down the whole operation and started up in the, with a different manufacturer from scratch with all new materials and everything. Renamed Danger Shades after uh, one. I didn't want people calling them safety glasses, so it's kind of a – a juxtaposition on safety glasses, yeah. danger shades. Also after my son, his middle name is Danger. And yeah, so that's that's where the glasses are at. And then uh, just kind of put it on autopilot for a while. Ride my bike and put some stupid selfies on, on Instagram. Yeah. But um, I started focusing on the civil network of how I was actually going to uh, introduce that and gain attention for it. And I mean, you've watched it a couple times and it's, it's a platform designed to help us change the way we look at and address our problems using this technology. And we've, re- we've been really bad at it. Like it's, it's a clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what the platform is. And because uh, I'm such an awkward fucking guy, I'm not going to get enough people to like me to, to go along with this. And because I'm uh, trying to aggregate all of these problems, catalog them. Right. Uh, I just decided, like, you know what? Fucking blame this dude. Blame me for everything. Just yeah. point your fingers this way. I don't care who or what may or may not be responsible for whatever problem you want to throw on your list. Just tell me what the problem is. It's all my fault. Put it on your list. Prioritize it. Put them together because, uh, you know, we got a lot in common. But uh, it's, a, it's a little different take on what we're doing right now. And that's where my major focus is. And, uh, I'll have fun throwing my shades on, going ripping around on the motorcycle, making some content. But that's uh, that's what I have to fucking do to keep my word to my buddy, and you know, just try to get this. And like, it's I think at this point it's just like, really, why the fuck aren't we doing this? Right. I made that logo in 2015, so that logo and the phrase "Why the fuck aren't we doing this?" are eight years old now, and we're still like so far. In the opposite direction, it just kind of blows my mind. Yeah, still a long way to go for sure. Long way to go. So, like, I'm trying to think of the part of the video where it's like prioritizing your problems. So is it like what you're trying to set up? Like, so, like, how would it exactly work? Like, my problems I would put up and prioritize? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. You'd have and this then, app. Yeah. And then anytime something bothered you, whether it was, like, a major humanitarian challenge or, like, a threat right. to the world or, uh, like, a local problem or even just a minor annoyance, I've always used the, uh, like, hey, my garage door is too loud. It wakes my kid up. Minor annoyance. I throw it on my list. It obviously wouldn't be towards the top. But, right. Uh, everybody's list would be different. You know, some people are 
Don't so, care about so then stuff. how does how does the garage door get quieter? So by cataloging all of these problems, it would it, uh, the garage door one's interesting because the ones towards <laughs> the bottom would be more They're, like yeah. entre- entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, right? Because obviously the garage door thing that's not even a good uh example anymore <laughs> my parents just got a new garage door and it's quiet as fuck it's like well well there goes that one so that problem so has been fixed yeah. yeah that one has but um so if you wanted to look at the aggregated list the ones towards the bottom would be just like uh, pretty much business opportunities you know you'd see if it was on there and enough people had this problem you could look at it and be like hey we need to I solve. I have an idea to fix that. Yeah. Okay. Not, not even, like nobody. Everybody's got more problems than they can take on. There's only so much time in a day, right? Right. So by cataloging these problems, we're, we're making ourselves a to-do list of work that can be done, and not of all, not all of it would be really consequential. But if you wanted to take on a problem, you wanted to start a business, or you wanted really just somebody else to solve your problem. Yeah. Put it on there. Just contribute by complaining. Just list it, man. And when other people have the same problem, it's going to get more attention. And then somebody's going to be like, ding, light bulb. I can fix that. They fix it. It drops off the list. But, I mean, the big ones are going to be just towards the top. I think it it would be important to catalog our problems just because – how fucked up our discourse has gotten. Yeah. So when you take the blame off the table, we really all have the same problem. We, we face a lot of the same problems. Yeah. As, as, uh, as like normal people in the world or in America or in Michigan or Minnesota, Mm -hmm. like we're all faced with the same bullshit. Mm hmm. Yeah, but the uh, the dichotomy, the red versus blue, left versus right thing, isn't really. Oh, it's yeah. not productive. Oh yeah, we're all past it. Yeah, I mean, we all know it sucks. It's like uh, I got family members who are just so far one. You can't even talk to them anymore. Yeah, like you used to be. We used to hang out. What happened to you? <laughs> you know, what I mean? was wrong yeah, with you? It sucks. So the the blame this dude is just kind of a, a kind of a fun playful way to go about it like let's redirect it that's kind of my favorite line from that it's like i want to redirect this course like you would redirect a kid that wants to put their finger in an electrical outlet like let's let's do this instead right come over here and uh really um i could i could redirect all of that into something very productive uh the the last part of the video gets into like it's boring but it's fucking campaign finance and how the the political campaigns are financed and people pretty much know politicians are bought and paid for because of how campaigns operate yep so i've devised a plan to disrupt that i've devised a plan to allow regular people to disrupt uh the mechanism of campaign finance and the campaign donation. Yeah. I mean, you know, Facebook does like the uh, check your memories or whatever. I got mm-hmm. like post I w- would make like 12 years ago. Like this, uh, 
you know, campaign raised this much money so they could buy this many commercials. Like, you know how much shit you could have done with that much money? Yeah. Like, you got a guy talking about fixing problems, raising $10 million to get a commercial to let you know he's going to fix the problem, but you could have just took the money and fixed the fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, like there was $14 billion in the 2020 elections. $14 billion. And it's mostly commercials, chunk mail, yard signs. Yeah. Oh, I had a rant. I had a rant this last election season on yard signs. There was a couple that just had like a person's name on it. And I was like, I don't know what this means. Like, does she live there? Or like, what is this fucking sign? Like, it doesn't say Democrat, Republican, fucking Congress. You know, like, what a waste of a sign. Just just like this person. You just said a name. Yeah. Now's and then opportunity. a couple miles down the road, I did see uh, whatever she was with her name on it and more information on a different sign. <laughs> but like, Man, it worked, though. Had I had, stuck with you. Had I had turned <laughs> at the light and not went straight, I'd have still never known. Not that right. I remember now, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, solving problems, man. Blame doesn't really help much when it comes to solving problems. And uh, no. neither do fucking billions of dollars of commercials and no. that's kind of it's kind of the uh the wrench in the whole wrench in the gears going up the works everybody more or less knows this um uh, people say it in different ways but it always points to the same the same mechanism of campaign donations right i think given the opportunity if i was like hey do you want do you want to do it for free or do you want to just sit back and take in the fucking commercials most people are gonna opt for the the uh, free version. Yeah. So then it was like the idea with the the civil network for that to, like since the people are voicing the issues they have, like to figure out, like how's the money get out of the fucking commercials? I guess is what I'm trying to All ask. Right. So that's, that's kind of the rallying issue, right? So if you watch through the video, it's it's listing how the uh, the platform would work, and then it gets to the part where it's like, okay, most of the items or most of the items at the top of the aggregated list would at least require discussion in the public sector. Yeah, and, and it's 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 ironic that how we solve problems in the public sector is our biggest problem, and Agreed. then it takes a deep dive into why that's so fucked up, and. It, it goes over the progression of uh, this advertising war that started back, kind of really got going in 1972 uh, when the the business practice of donating to political campaigns got started, like lobbying through right. donating to political campaigns. It started in about 72, oh, excuse me, in 72. And then it's just, it just snowballed into more and more commercials in these bigger campaigns and and uh, now we're just in this really expensive, ineffectual advertising war of perpetual campaigns, man. Where, like, even right after the campaign, it's, it never stops. They just start posturing for the next cycle yep. and fundraising for the next cycle. And that's, that's like more than half of what they do when you take into account what they actually do with their job. So they're either fundraising or they're like acting on behalf of their donors when they're um, supposed to be representing living, breathing human people, not corporations that are considered people. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, regular people just kind of got outplayed, man, in this in this uh, 
civil efficacy game. So if you want to reverse that, you'd have to disable or disrupt the mechanism campaign donations. Um, I really, I just need attention to do it. So if I get everybody to look at me for a minute. There are already nonprofit organizations that uh, track all the money in politics, right? Then there are other nonprofit organizations that present voters with all of the candidates' information in their area. So what I'm working to do is, one, to make the platform. The platform's really not that sophisticated as far as the software goes. Um, the trick is getting attention, and then I will uh, forge relationships between these two types of organizations that track the money and then present the, um, the candidates. Because by tracking the money, you could put like a check mark or something on the civil network with the candidates in your area that are actually running for free. And you'd be able to see it on, you could go on their network. I want to make it shareable. So the information is just like out there, like these are the candidates in your area that are just running for constituents and aren't running antiquated paid campaigns that are going to leverage their ability to do the job if you vote for them. Right. Part of it is redirecting attention and then forging the relationships between these three types of organizations and then really stigmatizing uh, the the marketing materials like the commercials, yard signs, chunk mail, all that shit. I mean, the younger generations, they pretty much already know. They're like, they see this and they see through that. But older ones, it's a little more tricky. But I want people to think about it. Like when you see this stuff, who's paying for it? Um, That's a good point. Yeah. There's an argument. Um, the, only, the only good argument I've found through this practice is it's an article by these two guys. And they're like, oh, this type of lobbying is informational. It's, like, it's informational. I always hear that voice in my head. It's informational. Like just a pack. I'm like, oh. like just pamphlets on a stacks of hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. It's a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that information that gets this wood stove behind me started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever see any of that stuff and be like, you know what? That was that was really informational. No. That's all super Not biased ever. garbage. It, it yeah. always sounds like a real gimmicky uh, way for me to give them my attention. Yeah. It's all dumbed down. And you said garbage. one one thing in that uh, video that I wrote down because I liked it so much. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> that's an interesting yeah. sentence, dude. Oh, that's uh, like um, that's not my sentence. I don't remember where it came from, but um, it's like with with Facebook. Um, Facebook is free, yeah, and they've they've hyper commoditized your attention yep. by selling advertising space. Yeah, so you're using it, and you're not paying for it. You're, you're the product. Your attention is the product, right. and they're selling that to advertisers. Yep. So yeah, if you're not if you're not uh, taking an active role in like, civic engagement, um, political discourse, well, I don't know. I don't even I don't even like to say that I'm talking about politics. So I'm only doing it so far as it relates to solving problems. Do it and talk about it in a very general sense. Right. But uh, if we're not engaged in it, we're not paying for those campaigns, 
man, we're, we don't own it. We're the we're the byproduct. We're the product. They just yeah. People are delivering us as the product as voters. It's kind of like um, sort of like Bill Hicks said. Like, what if there's a war and nobody showed up? <laughs> like, like what if, what if there was a campaign and uh, we didn't give them our money? Like, yeah, are you still gonna see all this bullshit, or are they just gonna, you know? Well, I mean, it's not like it's not like regular people. Regular people donate to these campaigns, but we're not footing the bill for them. It's uh, th- these are corporate efforts. If you look at how some of the money is filtered in through organizations into politics, I mean, it, it's a diagram of just probably. Oh man, it's just I'd tell you to follow the money, but how they get all their money into politics right. through corporations and political nonprofits. It's nuts, man. It's just corporations out gaming, living, breathing human well, Americans. That was the thing with, uh, when Ron Paul ran, didn't, wasn't his campaign like strictly from people. Like, I don't think he took any, at least that was like the gimmick he went off on was he didn't take any corporate donations. Sounds familiar. Yeah. He also didn't win. He didn't win, but I did vote for him. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. And it's a good reason to vote. So I think, honestly, it's not a problem that can be fixed with, from within the system. Uh, I think it's got to be fixed from outside of the system. Yeah. Um, well, they like put provide- the kibosh on it after Ross Perot shook shit up. They were like, all right, no more like fucking people paying for their own shit. Like, you, you need to step up your amount of money in order to do that. You got to have corporations yeah. give you money. And then right. now we got these two talking heads, and there yeah, will not be any others. <laughs> it's a weird thing. It's, it's flawed. And I think most people know that. And it's just a matter of uh, kind of getting attention and providing a, a different alternative. Right. Uh, and I think that because I'm, targeting specifically the business model of the lobbying industry. Uh, when I start gaining traction, I'm going to get uh, probably a lot of pushback, yeah. which is also why I went with the blame this dude. Like, I'll be the bad guy. Right. So you want to talk shit on me, go for it. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple in its idea, but it's, complicated to get people to look at it it's probably what yeah. you're running into yeah so it's really just uh like a matter of attention and honestly i haven't even started pushing it yet i kind of put it out there on that the video at the tail end of the glasses thing it's yeah. like this is what i'm really doing i did a remix of the video um now i'm gonna man i'm i'm Diving into another social media platform, uh, getting I've learned TikTok and I've been remixing it for TikTok. Okay. For a very specific audience, uh, I've actually got something really cool and unique going on TikTok. Uh, I'll, I'll show it to you when I make it, but I, I made it like a mural. So when you go to my profile, it's like this uh, long form mural of three different videos, and it's. It's pretty cool looking. It's pretty unique. Um, so I'll remix it on there too, and then I'll just start pushing it just that, and it'll be like brought to you by Danger Shades or whatever. Right. So I get a little bit of attention on that, but uh, I'm going to start shifting the focus onto uh, the Turtle Game, Civil Network stuff, because I think the Turtle story is pretty interesting. Yeah. 
kind of blows my mind how many times I've told that turtle story. People are just kind of like, huh. <laughs> like, it's pretty fucking weird. Yeah, it's no, it, it, it is weird. The visual, like, uh, seeing it in the video adds a lot to it, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, uh, it's definitely... pretty exact. It is, man. It's tripped me out for a long time. It's, like, I would be, I'd be, it would be vindicating if that, just that part went viral and everybody's like, that's weird. I'd be like, ah, no, thank you. Right. That's all I need. Let's yeah. move on to other stuff. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at that and uh, incorporate the danger shades into it with just having fun. I'm going to make some other products that are also fun. But I feel like taking on the establishment, besides, like, Ripping up back roads, man. That's about the most biker shit you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anymore for sure. I mean, you know, what else are you going to do? Get in a self-driving car and <laughs> go to your cubicle? Yeah. I mean, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, so that's, that's, that's my story, man. I fucking hate computers. I don't like social media, but here I am doing that, trying it's, to make... Make a platform yeah. because of all this ridiculousness. It's the necessary evil. I mean, if you want people to know about something, you got to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other option is you copter up to one of those mountains and just yell. <laughs> I don't know how many people you'll reach, but... You know, it'd be cathartic. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would be, for sure. But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. Um I guess we could probably wrap it up here. Sure. Let people know where to find you. Um, tell them where to EJ, find you. EJMoonshot.com. Direct website. Got uh, EJ Moonshot on Facebook, Instagram. I think I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet. Uh, EJ Moonshot anywhere. I own it. If you can find that on anything, it's me. Awesome. Um, yeah, go grab a Jesus. pair of glasses. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, I got mine right here. I was wearing them earlier when I was outside because the sun was yeah. finally out, dude. Oh, yeah. They were like oh, yeah, turning into my everyday outside. You know how it is with the, we got, you know, blanket of snow on the ground. Now the sun came out today. So it's bright as shit. So I was working oh, yeah. outside a little bit. And uh, that was the other thing, too, I didn't talk about, though, was that these are like ANSI approved, certified, whatever the word is. So. That was the thing I was running into when I'd find cool glasses that I liked. I'd be riding with them, and I'd be like, what is going to happen if I catch a fucking pebble? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to shatter yeah. my eyeball. So then I quit wearing them, so now I have like a shelf of fucking sunglasses that I'll wear like when I'm driving the van. But That's fair, man. No, I've got – these things are strong. I've had way too many people message me and be like, dude, I got in the – really bad accident i'm all fucked up but the glasses don't have a scratch on them like well <laughs> glad to hear man <laughs> i don't know or other people like I, I took a rock in the eye at 80 miles an hour and they're they're good yeah and, yeah they're strong man yeah and it's nice that i'm excited to use it because the you know transitional i was riding home on the rigid one day it was getting dark so i went to fucking uh change my glasses out when I put the clears on, I didn't realize it, but when I pulled them out of my pocket, I pushed the lens out of one side. So I was just at like a red light. It turned green. I start ripping down the road. I'm like no, one-eyed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, dude. Oh, so man. now I'm like, what do I do? Do I ride home no glasses or do I put the fucking sunglasses on at dark? Yeah, you know? that's tough. Man. It was a pain in the dick. So, right. 
I yeah, ended up going to have your saddlebag. Good to have grab a pair, throw them in your saddlebag. And the sun, like most days, that sun ends up going down. They're good to have it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. So, but yeah, appreciate you coming on, EJ Moonshot, uh, on all the platforms, and uh, that's yeah. where you can get a hold of him. Right on, Evo <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, sir. I yeah. appreciate you having me on. It's, no problem, it's dude. Fun to talk to you. Yeah. Hell yeah. No one vintage merch available at bumshopbackroom.com. Bumshopbackroom.com.